Welcome one, welcome all to a very special edition of the NFC East Mixtape, the greatest crossover event ever attempted in the history of mankind. This is a very unique podcast. In fact, the most unique podcast that SB Nation presents because it is accessible on the podcast networks of all four team bases from the NFC East. That's Blogging the Boys for the Dallas Cowboys, Bleeding Green Nation for the Philadelphia Eagles, Hogs Haven for the Washington football team, and Big Blue View for the New York Giants. He is Brandon Lee Gowden from BGN. I am RJ Ochoa from BTB. We are here with you every single week to recap the best division in the history of the NFL, the division that the Dallas Cowboys have just won. Brandon, it's a great day to be alive. So the Cowboys winning the NFCs this year uh, must be a bittersweet feeling for you, RJ, because you know they're not going to win it next year because it never happens in the NFC East and they never repeat. So uh, I guess you can enjoy your one season as division champions. You know, it has uh, it has past hands, obviously, um, since 2004 from one team to another. I tweeted out after the Cowboys secured their uh, division title, Brandon, that uh, I tweeted out the last 10 winners of the NFC East and Big Blue View. I'm sorry to you, but uh, the New York Giants name absent among uh, the last decades worth of NFC East winners. Uh, that is pretty amazing when you really think about it. Like the, the odds of that, again, in a division that hasn't seen a repeat champion in over 15 years, that the Giants wouldn't win it once in the last. I mean, they actually really have not. I think they won, what, four division titles with Eli? Like you would think it would have been a lot more. And they won a Super Bowl in the stretch that you're talking about. Dude, they, they won two. Well, and in, in, in the last ten years of not winning a, uh, right. a division, oh, right? Like, like you know, that's that's pretty crazy. Actually, actually uh, that's just on the outside because, okay. like, so, this this is the tenth year. If you want gotcha. to be like, right from a mathematical standpoint, but but good point so nonetheless. Numbers like are tricky like that. You know, it's like okay, oh. you know, ten years, but it's like eleven seasons. You know, it's how do you word. how do you define a decade? By the way, like like is it two thousand ten through two thousand nineteen? Or is right. it 2011 through 2020? Again, that's the tricky things with numbers yeah. because, like, you know, it's like, oh, 2010 to 2020. That's 10 years. It's like, well, that's not, not 10 years. That's 11. Yeah. But that's what, so, like, yeah. what's a decade to you? Like, it's it's 10 years. But how do you, where do you put the, the beginning and ending point of the 10 years? Mm, I would say the start. So, like, for the most recent decade, uh, I would say beginning of, well, I guess, I don't know, I guess beginning of 2010. Till through 2019 yeah right? so, like yeah before 2020 so so we are finishing the second year of our new decade is what you're saying yeah it's weird but uh, i don't know some of that's tricky though because like you know let's say like you're running laps well you, you're not like you know you just start from zero you're not starting from one it's not like you run around the thing and you're like on your second lap no you're, you just completed your first lap so anyway this is some really good talk this this brings up uh like last thing on this tangent for me um a huge pet peeve i hate and this happens a lot like with bowl games which is this time of year people will say like oh it's the 25th anniversary bowl game for like the alamo bowl and I like I remember that happening oh, yeah. actually. And I know I told you this, like you can only say that if it's your twenty-sixth game. But they were saying it and it was their twenty-fifth game. You like your your first anniversary is technically your second game. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the way anniversaries work. To your point, like when you're married, when you're married for one year, you have completed one year, which is why it's your first anniversary. So if you want to call it this is my my gripe, if you want to call it twenty-fifth annual, that's fine. But you can't call it a twenty-fifth anniversary unless it's the twenty-sixth game. You're not born at one years old. You're zero mm -hmm. years old, uh, exactly. as you would know about your son. Um, what's your favorite bowl game name? Do you have one that sticks out? It's like I, I, you like the name, not necessarily you know uh, the tradition or whatever. You just like the name is fun to you. Um, I don't have one. I actually like the Fiesta Bowl, like the name, because okay. I like the idea of that. Like it just makes me happy. You know what That's I mean? Fun. Like Fiesta, it's cool. But if we are talking pageantry and all the associated you know qualities, it's the Rose Bowl. Uh, so I just, I guess I didn't even realize this exists because I'm not always the most up to date with college football. Uh, but, you're uh, going to pick one of these, like the Popeye's fried chicken bowl or something. Well, right? hold on. Uh, <laughs> the, so the bowl. bleeding your nation's own, uh, Ben Natan did a little, he's doing like a, a draft preview for the, the site, uh, for like, he, he's basically uh, identifying you have to focus on to the watch. draft cause you didn't win the division. Right. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I mean, he does this all year round. So the cheese it bowl. I was like, come on. That's so good. Now I'm hungry for a snack. I really need some Cheez-Its because I saw the Cheez-It Bowl. So that's my favorite bowl. 
Okay. Do you eat cheese it's out of a bowl or do you eat them out of the, the bag, which is in a box? I always find that interesting, by the way, with like snacks like that. They're in a bag, in a box. Why not just sell them in the bag? Mm. I mean, you have to have that extra layer of protection and the branding and everything. Um, uh, I'm going to say most of the time out of the bag, but not never in a bowl. There, there's just right. time for a bowl. Enough. Enough with the uh, hooting and hollering. Let's get to the football. The Dallas Cowboys, Brandon. Our NFC's champions. I want to hear you say it. I want to. No, I don't have to say it. <laughs> Who won the NFC East in 2021? Uh, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. We can't be we can't be okay, sure. Let me, let me rephrase the question. Did the Philadelphia Eagles win the NFC East in 2021? Uh, not yet. <laughs> uh, the Eagles are the only other playoff relevant team thanks to the Dallas Cowboys uh, if you're new around here we do go in order of divisional standing uh, as the Cowboys want it like they have uh, you know been leading this conversation all year long we will get to them first the Cowboys Brandon thrashed demolished obliterated completely and totally pwned the Washington football team <laughs> on Sunday night football 56 to 14 the largest point disparity in the nfl this season i have so many thoughts but i would love to hear yours first nice use of pwned are, are we gonna like hop on myspace here or like a little zynga like, oh yeah you know, some, some really like middle school at least for me internet kind of stuff here um so here's the thing that i've been thinking about rj uh i've said on record a long time ago that the Cowboys, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. And obviously this is a really encouraging performance for them because the defense is still crushing it. They lead the league in takeaways. It just feels like they're uh, not all that is luck. Like they just, well, I mean, some of the Trayvon Diggs stuff, I think it's just, it's like, it's too weird. I, I don't know. There's just like, there's no way he's going to do this next year. Like, right. That just doesn't seem possible. But anyway, uh, and then the offense obviously coming to live is the, is the big deal. That's, you know, the defense playing well is great and all, but the offense coming to life is a really big deal. But RJ over here, for those who don't listen to the SB Nation NFL show and what are you doing, you should be, uh, and you should be rating, reviewing, subscribing to all that as well, has been taking his victory laps. He's like, oh, BLG's wrong about the Chargers. They were bad. <laughs> and he's wrong about the Washington football team. Uh, they were bad. Well, okay. Uh, so first of all, how does it make you feel that then I predict the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl? Does that worry you? And two, if you're going to be the guys like I'm right about everything, then why don't you go out right now and tell me, because you haven't said it, I've been saying it. Why don't you tell me the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl if you have all this confidence in them? All right. So for, in case anyone is unaware, Brandon and I both host shows on the SB Nation NFL show. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe, by the way, to whatever feed you're listening to, whether that's blogging the boys, bleeding green nation, Hogshaven, Big Blue View. By the way, Spotify now allows you to leave ratings. So if you're a Spotify listener, please do that. Those things really help us out. Um, on Monday on the SB Nation NFL show, I called out BLG because BLG held Kirk Cousins' feet to the fire when the Vikings lost the Detroit Lions. And I wanted to hear that. And I haven't heard you on the podcast yet, Brandon. Um, which dropped on Tuesday. This show drops on Wednesday. Haven't heard you respond to uh, my call out because Justin Herbert lost to the Houston Texans. That was really the victory lap I took. The victory lap as it relates to the NFC East and therefore the NFC East mixtape is you and Rob Stats Guerrero, your co-host on the podcast, and a wide-ranging number of other fraudulent people actually seriously thought that this team, the Washington football team, and I actually hate to make the Cowboys portion of this conversation about the losers, but that you thought that this team with a sub 500 record last year, one of those wins, which you very well know was thrown to them by Doug Peterson, who's back in the coaching news, by the way, I can't wait to talk about that. Um, I can't believe anybody in their right mind thought that they were going to repeat. Brian Stabby, our friend from Hogshaven, he has since atoned for his sins of thinking Washington would win and admitted that it was a bit of a naive and optimistic outlook. And I never heard that lens associated with it from anybody else. That's my take on that. I actually think the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl because they have, I think they're the most complete team in the NFL right now. I think that, you know, Maybe Kansas City challenges them, but Green Bay special teams are a disaster, right? Like, like that. We've we've seen that in the playoffs. Those things show up, and I'm I'm reacting to one game's recently worth of offense for the Cowboys. And obviously, we need to see what they do on Sunday against Arizona. I'm very interested in that performance. But on I think Sunday was maybe the most complete win that any team in the NFL has had all season. And I think to do it to win that game with that kind of authority 
an hour after they had clinched the NFC East was super impressive to me. And to do it against, for anyone who forgot, the coach that BLG has been harping and hooting and hollering himself is better than Mike McCarthy that clutched his pearls, Ron Rivera, over McCarthy saying he thought his team would win two weeks ago. By the way, Mike McCarthy swept Ron Rivera on the season. I mean, to, to just see that team totally implode because the Cowboys broke them, like, that's what championship teams do. They break other teams. And, and I, I mean, I think they can – I don't know who I think really can challenge them right now. Do it. You won't say they will do it. You won't say they'll do it. You say the, can, the, but you won't the reason, say they will. You're so, you're so definitive about all these things, but you won't say they're going to win the Super Bowl. The reason I cannot say that yet is because I'm terrified. And I'm terrified of one thing and one person, mm -hmm. and his name is Aaron Rodgers. And I am super nervous. There's a lot of data at this point that supports that the Cowboys do not play well on the road in cold environments specifically and we'll see what happens yep. on sunday i have some questions for you about that by the way but if the if the packers do secure the number one seed in the nfc i mean the cowboys will likely have to go through lambeau field that's my one point of reservation but i am very confident and think the cowboys would win a game against the bucks against the cardinals and again we'll see that on sunday against the rams against whoever their wild card contender would be if they do play in that round i think they can go toe to toe with the chiefs i think they're a different team than went to kansas city with tyron smith coming back with the defense the way it is i mean this they are to stick with a football cliche peaking at the right time all right well i put myself out there in a limb <laughs> so if you're gonna rip me for doing you, that you do that, you did wanna, it with for the cowboys the patrol everyone and we all know that you tried the reverse jinx and that's okay brandon it gave us great content for that week but you tried the reverse jinx i mean i don't really think i am doing that though because like i'm putting them high in the power rankings i'm saying genuine things about them i mean obviously i am hoping i'm not right that much as <laughs> anyone anyone knows that it's not like a secret but um i you know, I do believe they have a chance, although I will agree with Rodgers. So it's weird, though, because like the Packers aren't a great team. They're not a right. great like team as a whole. They have a worse point differential, RJ, than the Eagles. Like, like that's that that does not mean the Eagles are a better team than the Packers right. very clearly. But like just to kind of put things in perspective, they're only 11th, I believe, in point differential. Um, and they've barely won these last two games, right? Like you can sure. make a, a case that like, you know, the, the penalty should have happened against Cleveland. You can make a case about yeah. what happened against Baltimore. Like that's fair. And I will fully acknowledge that I'm coming from a place of Aaron Rodgers. We use the word pwn, pwning the Cowboys. He owns them <laughs> like he does. He, he So he's in oh, my baby. head. I mean, when they went to Lambeau in 2014, he ha he had a calf injury. He he had one calf and and was hobbling around, and they still lost. I mean, so you know, I I would love more than anything. I I would love for Mike McCarthy to end Aaron Rodgers' career as a Green Bay Packer as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I've said that many times this season. I I am in love with the theater of that idea, but I am terrified. Like that, I. They are the big brother to the Cowboys. They are the big bad boogeyman who they haven't been able to get past. And and you're right. There's a lot of logic and reason to justify them not being a team that you should consider is better than the Cowboys. But there's also just like scars. Like, you know, Papa Roach said it, man. I tear my heart open and I saw myself short. <laughs> Again, back with the, the middle school references. Um Looking so when you were talking about all that, by the way, I couldn't help but think of the meme that always goes around of the Packers fan in Dallas. In oh yeah, he's the like they they think they're celebrating a whatever like yeah. two minutes. Yeah, that's it, dude. That's really it. That's really good. Um, Aaron Rodgers, by the way, last five games, sixteen touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, he's a freak. He's awesome. It sucks playing it up. Playing at a high level also might be able to get to rest, you know, a little bit here if they do. Assuming they do get that. Uh, first round bye. So well, why don't we talk? Because whatever, Cowboys won the NFC. There you go. Whatever. But like, that's not what this season is about for them. Sure. Like, this this isn't like you know they're a team on the rise. This is like a big, like you know if the Giants won the and or the Washington Football. Well, no, more so the Giants, um, because of where they are. Like if they won the NFC, that's a huge deal because they've come a long way to be able to do that. But the Cowboys, this is like this is kind of expected. Like this is okay. This is good. But it's, you know, it's really about. Um, what happens in the playoffs, especially for them, as opposed to, you know, like a team like the Bengals, who again is like winning the division for the first time potentially since 2015 and just making it is an accomplishment. Like just making it is not an accomplishment for the Cowboys. Uh, so where do you think they end up here? Because they're currently the number two seed. If the season ended today, the Eagles and Cowboys would be playing in the first round, which pretty interesting. Uh, where do you think Dallas ends up seeding less? So 
I, I actually want to get to the seeding in a moment when we talk about the Eagles, but I do want to address how you said this is like the NFC is not enough. Totally agree with you. Um, I think that a lot of the national media, and I'll lump you into that because you were like, well, I should be, blah, blah, blah. Um, but whatever. Um, I think forgot. I don't, and I'm not trying to say like this is the best roster in the NFL, but forgot the talent that this team has. And nobody foresaw the defense, you know, or, or Micah Parsons being as good as they have been, which has very much changed the context of the conversation. But that that's why I thought it was so stupid to pick Washington to win this thing at the beginning of the year. But all that being said, this is the reason Mike McCarthy was hired, like in, in a theoretical sense. McCarthy was hired because this team was supposedly good enough. This team was, you know, at the time when, when Jason Garrett was dismissed in 2019, they had been NFC's champions the year before. They had won a playoff game. They'd gotten to the divisional round. They lost to the Los Angeles Rams and Jared Goff and CJ Anderson and all that stuff. But Mike McCarthy was supposed to be the difference. He was supposed to be the guy that could bridge the gap, supposed to be the guy that could help you win ugly and, and you know, do things that you couldn't do before. And that's what they've done this season. This, this season has been a lot about exercising past demons. They are undefeated in December. They haven't done that since 2014. Incidentally, a season that ended at the hands of Mike McCarthy. They have won games with the offense being absent. I mean, what has been the take about this team for years, right? If this defense can just be average, the elite offense will carry things. Like, they have won in spite of the offense sometimes. They won with a backup quarterback. They have, you know, like, I... I am so impressed with the kill shot that they fired against Washington. They had their division rival in their house with the stupid benches. And I'll get to that when we get to Washington and Ron Rivera, again, getting all offended and whatever. And they just ended them. I mean, like that is, and you know, this, that is such a satisfying win when you can just completely break a division rival, when they're trying to get up for you, when you can force them to fight with one another on the sidelines. And I mean, we have not seen this gear. And so I, I certainly think that they're, you know, he would make a long story short. He was hired to get them past the divisional round. I think they are very well capable of doing that. Again, we'll see who they draw along the way. We'll see if they even start in the divisional round, if they somehow manage to earn the one seed. But I think that they are, you know, it, they to get at least the two seed, they need the Rams to win out uh, unless the Bucks drop a game, which isn't happening because they played the Jets and, and Panthers, or they need the Packers to lose. Um, I think that they will take care of their end of the bargain, which would be winning out, although next week's game against Philly could be interesting from a what's-at-stake standpoint. So let's move mm. to the first runner-up. Uh, Wait, who's, what? I, wasn't, I wasn't done. We weren't done. You didn't tell me what seed you think they're going to get. And Because well, also... I, I have a question about the Eagles. That affects my okay. answer. So I was, you know... Well, I also want to ask you, who do you want to draw? Like, who's your most ideal draw, realistically? Uh, you know, like, you can't so, say, like, the Saints, because they're probably right, not going right. to make it. So, so as it stands, um, again, in case anyone is un- unaware, uh, division leaders slash winners are the Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Bucks, in that order, one through four. We've got the Cardinals as the top seed in the NFC. We've got the 49ers as the second seed, or top seed, top wild card. 49ers as the second wild card, and the Eagles as the third. Um, I... Look, the theater of losing to the Eagles would be terrifying. Like, like that that would that, that would be awful. Like that that would that's be, the worst outcome, right? That's, yeah, that's the worst e- outcome. Easily the because they they have been dominating the division all season long. So to lose it in the wild card round to the Eagles at home, all that stuff, blah blah, that would be that awful. like undoes the division championship. Like, it, who cares? It, like, you oh, it, we won the division. Okay, you lost to like, the Eagles really, in the first I, round. Actually, that's a, a pet peeve of mine. Like, I hate that the Saints get regarded as like the NFC South champions last year. Like, that's so stupid to me. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh like it's it's even one thing, like say they hadn't even played the Bucks, but the Bucks still won right, the Super exactly. Bowl. But like the fact that the Bucks beat them in the playoffs should yeah. like undo the division top. Yeah, anyway, what are you gonna do? Like hang a banner for that? Like right, what's the point? I actually think that banner is worse than the Colts AFC uh title game participant banner, but again, right. different conversation. I I am probably of those three teams, Arizona, San Francisco, Philadelphia, most nervous about san francisco now i say that it, but trey lance I'm, well no i mean like i don't know because there, there's such a mystery right now you know i mean and i jimmy garoppolo's awful the thumb whatever but like prior to last week they were impressive and so i mean they're, they're the largest unknown i say that also not knowing how dallas plays arizona on sunday i mean that will affect my answer obviously moving forward a lot 
Um, but it's interesting that, you know, two of these three teams that they could play three weeks from now, they play over the next two weeks in Arizona and Philadelphia. And again, the context of that Philly game is going to be interesting depending mm -hmm. on what happens this week, which means we need to get to the Eagles. I've been trying to get yes. here forever, Brandon. Uh, the well, we know you want to talk about your favorite team. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles vanquished the New York football Giants um, last week. Hey, I mean, you know, these games, these games are, you know, they happened, but, you know, it wasn't uh, as impressive as a 56 to 14 win, but hey, you'll take it. Um, are the Eagles, correct me if I'm wrong, I know Seamus is tracking this. Are they undefeated in the black jerseys this year? Am I correct in that assertion? Uh, I think so. I know, I don't think they've lost in black pants specifically, which is important because they played a couple games with the, with white, the jersey, white jerseys, black, black pants, yeah. right. That was a new thing they debuted this year, right? So yeah, first um, time ever but, against Denver. Right. Um, whatever. But anyway, so Eagles win. They're above 500 now for the first time since week one. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, when they beat okay. the Falcons and they lost to um, the 49ers. Yeah. That's helping their point differential, by the way. Aaron Rodgers would like you to know. Um, so oh, eight and yeah. seven. Before we we kind of dive into this, this was my question. And I like it's rare that I come into the mixtape with a question. Because I'm I'm super researcher, man. We all know. Um, what are the playoffs like? you know scenarios for the eagles what what has to happen so we're all aware for philly to clinch a playoff berth this week well yeah i want you to run through this with me in terms of getting your perspective on okay. thinking what happens like you know you like to do this to me in terms of who wins this game who loses or, or yeah who, so let's start it uh week 17 um the eagles and we'll do it by window because it, it kind of lines up this way one right, o'clock right. window and Eagles. some games were flexed, by the way, to kind of make this a little bit more interesting. Rams, Ravens moved back. Cowboys, Cardinals was moved up or, or moved uh, later, uh, rather, a couple of weeks ago. But go ahead. Eagles at the Washington football team. Who wins that game? I mean, I don't know how you pick Washington right now. And I we'll, we'll get to them. But what, what a bunch of frauds. I mean, what uh, Hogshaven, I love you guys. But fraud, Washington fraud team, as far as I'm concerned. So Eagles win that game. Historically, teams do like pretty well against the spread after coming off like total awful losses like that. So maybe the game is a little bit closer than expected. The Eagles only beat Washington by 10 points last time with Garrett Gilbert starting. So maybe the game is like, and this is know, in DC last home game. This yeah. is the last home game for the Washington football team, right? Cause they, the rebrand happens this off season. So this is the last time all the stuff will be on the, you know, walls and whatever saying Washington football team emotional day. Uh, there are going to be a lot of Eagles fans in that stadium for sure. Um, but yes, uh, so it could be a little weird. I can't just, you know, and the Eagles had started slow their past two games. You can't just assume like this is like, you know, easy win that they have in hand the whole time. Like you can't just assume that. But OK, I think there's okay. a good chance so, to win. As so well. we agree. Philly wins. OK, so, so then that moves meaning to the after the late game. So, hang on. Where, so, so Philly winning alone is not enough just to be. Clear. No. Okay. Nope. Okay. Not okay. this week. Not to clinch this week. Obviously, right. it helps a lot and puts them in a really good spot. But um so then it moves to the late game window, and there are two games of significance to the Eagles, especially with the Saints losing on Monday Night Football. One of these two things has to happen. Not both, necessarily. Okay. I'm sure, that's great, but at least one of these things has to happen. Either the 49ers beat the Texans. That actually helps the Eagles because it avoids, like, it's a weird thing, but to get into the weeds really quick, it helps, like, avoid a three-way tie. Anyway, so the, well, the Eagles... And, and the three-way tie, because to be able to yeah. point, against everyone knows, this is a, a Dallas-Tampa situation as well. When it comes to head-to-head -head, right. uh, tiebreaker scenarios among teams, if it's just two teams tied, it is head-to-head -head record. And San Francisco beat Philadelphia back in week two, correct? Um, and that's, that's what happened. Tampa beat Dallas back in week one. But if you enter a three-way tie scenario, the, the tiebreaker becomes conference record. So as another example, BLG, that's why Dallas is the two seed right now, because there is a three-way yeah. tie uh, between them, Tampa, and Los Angeles. So Dallas wins out there. So you're saying San Francisco winning keeps the three-way tie alive between Philly, them, and... No. It keeps oh, it ahead. out. So like the Saints, it hurts the Saints, basically. It makes gotcha. the Saints not be able to get in. Um, or... So, or if the 49ers don't beat the Texans somehow, the Eagles can get help from the Saints, who looked listless with Ian Book at quarterback on Monday night against the Panthers, who are also pretty terrible. So, uh, do you think one of those two things happen? Either 49ers win or the Panthers win? I am not putting any trust in the Saints, but I think the 49ers, despite the fact that your Los Angeles Chargers just lost to them, I think the 49ers do beat the Houston Texans. 
Okay, so two two out of three things that need so, to happen here. So you need two of the three. Can the two, and I ask this sincerely, can the two be the non-Eagles games? If San Francisco and New Orleans win, that's no. not enough. Okay, so you have no. to have an Eagles win and one of the other two. Yeah, all three. All three of these things need to happen. So they, they need help. They need to. I thought win you said then, only. I thought you said only one of the two between Frisco and New Orleans. No, you're correct. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I you thought need you meant a, if an Eagles win and then one of the other two. You have to have correct. two, but one of them has to be the Eagles win. You need the Eagles win, and then you need either the 49ers or the Panthers to win. One of those two teams has to. Oh, win. Oh, the Panthers win. to win. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, 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 I actually yeah. think both those things will happen. So I, okay, I don't know. I'm. I also am not putting any stock on Matt Rule. So never mind. Uh, sure. But the the 49ers but, will win. So let's say. Well, you're you're saying so far two out of three in terms of each window. Let's go by the window. First game window, we check that box. Eagles won. Second yeah. game window, we check that box. Either the forty. You think the 49ers are going to win? So whatever. oh, so you Same need team. one of those two in that window. You did a yes, terrible job window. of explaining Correct. this. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. we've gotten the two things through the two windows. Now we're to Sunday Night Football, Minnesota at Green Bay. Where your boy Kirk Cousins is going to deliver for the Eagles and not come up big at all, just like he doesn't do Rams beating the Vikings last week. It was like my lock. It was and covering the spread. It was just like lock of the week. There's no way Kirk Cousins is going to beat the Rams, especially because they're a good team and there's a lot in the line for the Vikings. He's not going to come through and he's not going to come through on this spot either, right? Or are you going to take the Vikings to beat the Packers here? So Kirk's your boy. So, okay, this is this was my question. So to be very clear here, because you, you did a terrible job of explaining this. So for Philadelphia to clinch a playoff berth, which would be a wild card, they have to win in the noon window. Yep. I know you want to break this up by windows. Then they need one of two, a San Francisco or Carolina win. So they need mm-hmm. one, just one of those two. But even if they get both of those, that's still not enough, right? Nope. Okay. So you need at least one, but two is great. And you need a Vikings loss on Sunday Night Football. Yep. Right. Okay. So you have rooting interest in all three windows if you're a Philadelphia yep. fan on Sunday. How th- this is what's interesting here. Kirk is about to play a very significant role in the, you know, NFC East p- playoff picture, honestly, because if the Vikings win, obviously that prohibits Philadelphia from securing uh, a playoff berth this week. Um, and other things obviously could go. They could, if I'm correct, Philadelphia could win, Frisco could win, Minnesota could win, and Philadelphia could clinch next week, even if they lose, right? If they get the appropriate amount of help. Right. Correct. Right. I don't okay. know exactly what that is off right. the top of my head, but yes. Right. Okay. So my, but my point here is if Minnesota wins independent of the other things, Dallas can win next week, assuming they beat the Cardinals and be the number one seed in the NFC. By the way, there's actually a scenario, I believe where the Eagles can lose out and still make it. So yeah. Right. So, I mean, if, if Kirk delivers on Sunday night and wins in prime time, no less at Lambeau field, <laughs> Against the Green Bay Packers, he opens the door for Philadelphia to not make it and for the Cowboys to be the one seed. Man alive. Mm. What a what a script we have written here. Well, he's definitely going to come through for you, isn't he? I actually think it would be very BLG. He's going to sweep the Packers? It would be very BLG-like for that to happen to to hurt the Eagles and to help the Cowboys. Tell me that All wouldn't right. tell me that wouldn't that doesn't happen to you. Tell me it doesn't. I mean, you know, you have a lot of faith in Kirk Cousins. So I'm so, I don't, so what, so what, you've what do done you this you've done this where like so for anyone who's unaware, Rob Statsgrew and I, we simply don't believe that Kirk is the worst quarterback to ever live. Okay. And Brandon has turned that into us having a lot of faith in him. Uh, you do, so, clearly. So that we're uh, fully aware here, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is our sponsor at the Espionation NFL Show. You mentioned the spread, Philadelphia the four point. What's the promo code? Uh, SBN NFL. Use it to cool. get your own discount and enjoy. Make a lot of money and then um, use it on cool stuff. Uh, the Eagles are four point favorites over Washington. The um, let's see here. The where are they? The Rams on oh, the Rams aren't significant here. The Niners are 13 point favorites over the Texans. Uh, the Saints are six and a half point favorites. So you're asking the Panthers to do a lot here. And the night game in question, the Vikings are six and a half point underdogs. So, and all of this is as of Tuesday, um, kind of around lunchtime when we're recording just for context, but I, I think you're getting the Frisco win. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, they did. He won't say it. Well, you know what? The Vikings win. I'll say it. The Vikings win. Let's (laughs) do it. I will say it. The Vikings win. They beat them. They, they, they beat them already. Uh And like we've said, Green Bay has looked, Green Bay has looked beatable these last two weeks. Okay. Well, dude, it would uh, be so Kirk Cousins to win this game. It would be awesome. It would be incredible. Minnesota's Uh, winning, I believe. 
it would be crazy. It's crazy that, you know, we've, we've reached a point where, you know, most of the season has been like, oh, Eagles might be able to pick up a win in week 18. So the Cowboys might be resting their starters. It might be the opposite. The Eagles might be resting their starters and the Cowboys might be playing theirs because they might want, you know, a certain the one seed, seed. Might, or the, the two seed, right. one seed or whatever, better seeding. And the Eagles might be like, well, you know, we're not going to worry about seeding too much. We'd rather just have the week off, especially because we're not going to get a buy. Uh, so why don't we just do that? And, uh, and then maybe what, they play the Cowboys. The that would be fast. That that would be fascinating too. Like if, like to your point, if Philly rests their starters, Dallas doesn't. Dallas wins the game, which secures. So like, think about that. Like I remember asking you at the beginning of the season, what would you do if you were the Cowboys? And if you lost that game, it meant that Philly would be your opponent in the wild card right. round. But if you're Philly, if you rest your starters and you lose that game, it could very well mean that you have to go to Dallas. Versus if you win that game it could mean you go somewhere else. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, does, does that, is it worth playing in that game to not have to play the Cowboys in the wild card round in, in Dallas? Uh, I think the rest is kind of most important. Although, if the number one seed is like on the in the balance, I guess then I feel like you kind of have to play your starters because you don't want Dallas to get the number one seed. Like, you can't just sit back and hand that to them. Like, that's not going to fly. Um, so, uh, this, yeah. this week 18 game, might be a huge, um, and I do this every week, by the way, so I'm going to time travel here. BLG and I record this on Tuesday at lunchtime, basically. It goes out on Wednesdays, though. But on Tuesday evenings uh, at Blog on the Boys, we do a live roundtable. So if you're listening to this as the podcast, you've already heard us discuss it. But I'm going to do that later tonight in terms of my timeline here. Uh, it, this could be the best Week 18 game possible for the Cowboys. Could it not? I mean, because like if, if they had drawn Washington or New York, both their seasons are over. They could truly be saying, let's just be an upset, right? Let's just end the season with a bang. But if you're Philly, you're right. Like, so in a weird way, if you're a Cowboys fan, you might be rooting for Philadelphia to clinch a playoff berth this week. Uh, but again, that you can't have that happen because you would need Minnesota to win to have hopes for the one seed. So why don't we talk about the Eagles like a little bit because we haven't actually talked about them as much as just like the playoff scenarios. And uh, obviously, you know, they stomped the Giants. That should be expected. They got off to a slow start, which they also did against Washington. I mean, they still blew them out. Um, interesting that Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon getting mentioned among head coaching candidates. It's a little funny to me. Because, interesting that Nick Sirianni is getting mentioned among coach of the year candidates as well. I mean, but whatever. He is. I mean, mm. By the way, like I was so I went to bed after the game, whatever, last night. And uh, I woke up and I scrolled through my timeline and I saw like multiple different people of like of note, you know, like a Peter Schrager and some other NFL people like calling for different. I think Ross Tucker, he was like Bill Belichick should be coach of the year. And then someone else is like, no, it should be Andy Reid. And then it's just like, who should it be for you? Everyone is coach of the year. Apparently, I, um, I, think, I think it should be Matt LaFleur. I don't. So it's kind of funny. I think it's like MVP. There isn't like a slam dunk candidate, right? It's not like it's just obviously that person and you can't even really argue about it. Like, I don't, I don't think there is, I don't, I like, I don't, everyone thought it was Belichick in a runaway. I'm, I don't know. I don't think it is. Um, is Zach Taylor in the conversation? I hate to say that, but he might be. He's in the conversation, but uh, he's more um, in the conversation than Nick Sirianni is. It's tough. I don't know. I don't, I, okay. I don't really have a okay. great, Fine. You don't have a great answer. So back to answer the Eagles and Jonathan. Gant. But yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think you have to look at the quarterbacks they've faced in this stretch this year because they've been really bad. Like they're playing Jake Fromm, who was terrible. And honestly, I think he's up there with Luke Falk as maybe the worst quarterback I've ever seen the Eagles face off against. Like just, you know, didn't have a chance. Not not an NFL player, clearly, um, you know, by virtue of like him actually playing on an NFL field. Sure. But not not belonging in the nfl mike lennon obviously not much better and then you know we've talked about all season long like who's the best quarterback the eagles have beat it's either matt ryan or teddy bridgewater and to be clear you can't take away the credit from the eagles entirely because there are a lot of teams who can't beat up those quarterbacks and and not only not beat them but also like the Eagles have been blowing out these teams so you know that's a big reason why their point differential is so good so you, you get credit for that but i mean until they beat like a good quarterback and a good team, like you can't just assume that's going to happen. So that very much is the bell to be answered here for them. RJ, the Eagles have the second uh, weakest strength of victory in the NFL. Only Yikes. the Falcons, who have somehow have seven wins, which is insane, <laughs> are behind them. So, I mean, I, I think it's fair to point out like that 
they haven't fa- they've, they've beaten up on bad teams. You give them some credit for that, but they're not, you know, among the elites yet. Like there, there's still a lot of questions to be answered. I think Jalen Hurts, the playoffs are going to be really big for him. And, and also maybe Hurts hasn't been getting off to these great starts because in part that ankle still might not be hundred percent right. And why getting a week rest could be a big deal to kind of get him maybe back on track a little bit. Um, also kind of concerning here for the Eagles against Washington specifically and down the stretch that Miles Sanders broke his hand and Jordan Howard is banged up with a stinger injury. Uh, it sounds like he might be able to play this week, but for those who don't know, Jordan Howard had a stinger injury in 2019. That was also supposed to not be like a huge deal. And it caused him basically to miss the rest of the season. So, uh, not great for the Eagles whose identity is running the football. And a lot of that is their offensive line. And they've created a lot of uh, yards like before first contact. Um, so it shouldn't be like, you know, a, a death nail to necessarily be losing those backs. But it's not great. Like It, it strengthens like their identity or weakens their identity right now. So uh, all this to say that uh, I think the Eagles, you know, are going to be competitive in the playoffs and they're going to make it. But, uh, you know, who, I don't, who do you want to draw? Who, who would you like want to draw? draw? I mean the Cardinals. If that was, if they could somehow, that's if you could not, play I mean, that that's, team, like it, it appears because San Francisco is winning at the very least, um, yeah, this week. So there's no, like, there's no way you're catching, you know, Ben. I, I suppose you could technically catch the Cardinals, um, although they play Seattle next week. So even if they lose to Dallas, I mean, you know, Seattle sucks. Um, so you're probably the seventh seed if you're in, if you're a Philly fan. Yeah. So it's either. It's either Dallas or Tampa, I think, is is the most likely situation here. What would you prefer? I think it has to be the Cowboys, just from like a narrative standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, and we are, they already played the Bucks this year. So is it really that? They already played the exciting? Cowboys this year. Yeah, but it's different. Like, that's a team you play all the time. So it's like you're used to seeing them. It's like, I don't know. I, I just think that has the potential to be the most satisfying outcome. Like, I don't think those are, let's, let me put it this way. Those aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. I think everyone, you know, was pretty comfortable saying that. Uh, so, what is like the next best realistic thing would be to beat the Cowboys. Like that could be their Super Bowl, like beating the Cowboys mm. and keeping Dallas out of the Super Bowl. How sad and pathetic. Um, okay, well, well, I mean, that would be pretty <laughs> pathetic for the Cowboys too if that happened. To be clear, um, that's interesting. Then, so both Cowboys and Eagles fans then are theoretically rooting for the Rams. Um, because that they would keep the tie alive. That would allow the Cowboys to be the two seed. You know what I'm saying? Um, like for the Cow, because the Cowboys to be the two seed have to have a tie with them in Tampa. So that either has to be the Rams winning out or the Packers losing one. And you clearly don't think the Packers are going to lose to the Vikings. So um, interesting. There's a lot, lot of, that's going to shake up over the next two weeks. Um, any final Eagles thoughts before we take a break? Nope. Okay. Um, don't move or else we'll be right back after this. Welcome back, BLG. You in the break said that you went outside and waved to somebody in a car. What were they driving? They were driving a Mazda Miata. What color? Purple. Were the rims good? No. Was there a spoiler on it? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Was this the Joker? Uh, no, but <laughs> it was uh, Batman. <laughs> the um real believable the washington football team got housed on sunday night football chris collinsworth at one point on the broadcast literally said that they were getting embarrassed on national television are you ready to take out the football and the washington football team like you did for new york and they're it's, just the washington yeah. team now? well they, i'm leaving the f it stands for fraud the washington fraud team wow um, roasted i mean <laughs> pwned uh to be very clear um <laughs> Look, Ron Rivera is a fantastic human being, it, like, Hall of Fame human being, world-class human being. He is kind of a terrible NFL head coach. And the fact mm. that anybody believed in him is hilarious to me. He, after Mike McCarthy, very loosely said that he thought his team was going to win. I mean, just was supremely offended he went as far brandon as saying that he thought it was a mistake of mike mccarthy to say that and that he thought that mike mccarthy was making it about himself in the time that ron rivera clutched his pearls the dallas cowboys swept 
the Washington football team. Dan Snyder, in another move of brilliant leadership, completely, totally, unoriginally ripped off the Cowboys bench idea, which was actually born of necessity because of how terrible Washington's whole situation is at their stadium. And in that time, not only did Washington make themselves a joke and a punchline, they went to Philadelphia and lost. Then they went to Dallas and lost. They're 0-2 since doing this. And I don't really put this on Ron Rivera. Like, I've had some fun with it on Twitter. But, like, mate, like that has to suck if you're Ron Rivera, that Dan Snyder, like, set you up to look like these fools. But then, Brandon, then the Washington football team, as if this bench thing wasn't hilarious enough, they are fighting with one another on the aforementioned benches. I felt like it felt like, you know, like a meme on top of a meme. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like memeception to me. I literally could not believe how hilarious this was. And then, and then Ron Rivera in his brilliant head coachdom, when he spoke to the media on Monday, one day after getting shellacked by the Dallas Cowboys, was asked about the fight and said that he had not seen the footage between Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. His exact quote, guys have to understand that this has to be something they have to set aside. Sure, it happened during the game and it happened because of the passion of the game. It has because of the is because of the frustrations that came out. He said, I'd rather them be frustrated. I'd rather them be passionate, whatever. But BLG, you love to toss out big loser energy. Big loser energy, basically, when someone's acting a fool. Ron Rivera, big loser energy for saying he hadn't even seen the fight. Just all the way out. All the way out on Ron Rivera. I might be to the point where I'm almost willing to say, and this I mean sincerely, but might be the most offensive thing I've ever said on the NFC's mixtape. Hmm. I might be to the point where I am ready to say that Nick Sirianni is a better head coach than Ron Rivera. You might be. I mean, he was like number one <laughs> in EPA. I mean, that's not like the boldest thing to say with the way things It is for me. It is for me, considering yeah. how far I've come. Nick and I are bros now, just to be clear. Hmm. But, you know, like, dude, what a just loser statement to say you haven't even seen it get out of here like that is i would have no faith in the direction of this whole operation if i was a washington fan well i mean that's goes without saying no but one no you would. but you had faith in ron rivera at least right like you had that I, a little like, bit but not like not nah, not like, like what how can you how can he say he hasn't even seen it like come on get out of here this is so late <laughs> so i want to do this question in answer exchange with our friends from Hogshaven. This week, uh, shout out to Andrew York, who I do that there with. And I haven't done it yet because it's early in the week. But one of the questions I'm going to ask him, and I'm going to be interested to see his response, is like, who is most to blame for Washington not making the playoffs, which you know, we're assuming they're not. They're 6-9. and nine, They have like a 7% chance. It's probably not going to happen. Um, so I'll pose that to you, though, I guess. like, is Then is Ron Rivera most to blame for Washington not – I mean, we can all say Dan Snyder, but like, that's not – you know. okay, great. Besides that – like, who do you think is most to blame for Washington not making the playoffs? Well, I mean, most to blame is injuries, COVID, you know, like they've, they've been, you know, like that's that's fair context, a necessary context. But if you're talking like it's Ron Rivera. But of what I they mean, can control. Yeah, yeah. It's, Ron, it's Ron Rivera. I mean, it's totally Ron Rivera. Again, like like you yourself, and I agree, like he has, he has raised the floor of the culture there. Although, you know, we're talking – you know, not a high bar to clear there, but like to have your, your like supposed best players on defense fighting with one another because you're getting just destroyed on national television against a rival. And then like, you know, Ron Rivera, and I don't even think what he did in terms of saying McCarthy made a mistake when he, when he had to show, I don't think that was unclassy or anything, but it was, that was the mistake. Like they were clearly not going to win that game. They, they were clearly, I don't, you know, like nobody really thought that they were going to win that game in DC a couple of weeks ago. And so like all he did was set his team up to be the punchline. Ron, Ron Rivera made that controllable decision. And and I think he's done that. Like they have had some impressive moments this year. They beat Tampa and like that's their, you know, biggest moment of the year by far. But he has not had, I think, the proper foresight to look beyond certain things. And I do think that Mike McCarthy has learned that lesson in terms of being, you know, the head coach of the Cowboys and the expectations that come with that. This is different than Carolina. It is, but like it's different because you're in a dysfunctional mess all the time. And Ron Rivera has stepped in it himself. You're right. Dan Snyder, like awful. Nobody likes Dan Snyder. We're all in agreement there. But Ron Rivera has made a number of mistakes that he could have very easily avoided. Especially Rick Devins doesn't like Dan Snyder, mm. our, our good friend. It was on last week's episode. Um, cute little four-game winning streak that Washington had at one point. You know, fans are getting excited, thinking like, oh, maybe we can have a four-game winning streak going on now, by the way. No big deal. Um, is that Buccaneers win the best 
in terms of equality of opponent, not necessarily, you know, like obviously you're going to say like the Cowboys beating the Washington like they did is arguably one of the most impressive wins from a standpoint of the dominance level. But I'm saying from a standpoint of like quality of the opponent that a team beat in the NFC East, is that the best in the division this year? And if not, who else? Who was it? It's not the Eagles because they haven't done any of that. So, and it's not I the mean, Giants because they haven't beaten anyone. I would put. I mean, Philly doesn't have an impressive win. No offense. Nope. I mean, just like like in this space, the only I, Dallas, I said they have the second weakest right. strength of victory. Yeah, the, they just the, don't. The, the only Dallas one that I would really put up there is maybe the New England win because um, it was on the road. You know what I mean? Like, but that, that's like the heaviest contender. Is that better for me. than the Bucks though? They lost to the Bucks. Oh, I, no, I'm talking, saying, no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm answering like the only Dallas one that that I'm willing to even consider is the New England one. I still, so I still don't think it beats the Bucks one though. But like, okay, cool. You know, no, yeah, I'm not saying like that's a crowning achievement. I just thought that was interesting perspective and kind of highlights how the other teams in the NFC East have not exactly played like right. murderous row, and that's something you pointed out too. Again, as I said all along throughout the season. Um, um so an, yeah. another lost year for Washington. Like, just uh, like who could have. Who could have thought? I don't know why you <laughs> predicted them to win the division. Um, another lost year. It is. Go- I'm actually sad that we like there has to be a Washington New York game next week. But um, let's get to the New York not football Giants. We have rescinded the football from uh, from the G-men. Um, who lost to the Eagles? Who lost again? Who always lose? Just perpetual total always losers. Uh, BLG. On Sunday morning, actually, um, <laughs> it was reported in the you know the morning kind of talk show news dumps uh, by Adam Schefter that the New York Giants plan on bringing Daniel Jones and Joe Judge back in 2022. I think we're both willing to say the Daniel Jones thing, fine, like totally bring him back. Don't pick up his fifth year option. Oh, please do. But you know it, that would not be wise. But it makes all the sense in the world to bring him back. Maybe bring in some competition. But you still need to figure out exactly who Daniel Jones is. We have no qualms with this. Oh my gosh, what are you doing bringing back Joe Judge? Like I just I can't I can't I can't. Fa- and then and then for him to come out and have another flat performance the day you like leak that through Adam Schefter is just that's the giant way the Giants ran the ball on like third and 10 and like third and 15 multiple (laughs) times in this game now obviously again the quarterback situation wasn't great so you're not feeling amazing about putting the ball in Jake Fromm's hands but like still he didn't give themselves a chance like you're not even you're not even trying to get the first down uh it was really bad uh Joe Judge is a coward he's really it's not a good football coach I don't understand why I think I said this last week but I'll say it again that like like, what is the reason for keeping him like what are you the only reason that we've identified is that they don't want to hire another head coach but that's not like a good enough reason like you can't just be like well we need to keep continuity for the sake of continuity like that doesn't mean anything I also think it's it's pretty funny how like this was released together, like Daniel Jones. I think that's what part of makes it worse. It's like it's like we just need more time with this. It's not even like they they leak the things separately. It's like we're keeping it intact. We're going to figure this out, and we know. And I also thought this was a little interesting. Something I saw um, from. Do you know? Do you remember? Uh, this is a deep cut for you. Maybe. Do you remember um, Invictus? Invictus from Big Blue View. Um, yeah. Okay, so our good friend, who actually, he lives in Philly, I think, by the way, not to dox him, but um, I didn't say his name, it's fine. Anyway, uh, he was kind of pointing out this theory, and I don't think he'd agreed with it, but it was, it was interesting that, like, Kevin Abrams, basically, who's the Giants VP of whatever. And, um, and likely soon to be general manager. Yes, has kind of been, like, being groomed for this role, and I guess they didn't feel like he was ready to take over a couple years ago, and that's why they hired Gip. But, like, this is so dumb. Like, this guy is really going to be the answer to all the Giants' problems. Like, so, spoiler alert, if you didn't listen to the podcast already, which you didn't, RJ, because I don't think it's been published yet, or maybe it is during the show, but I gave one of my LVP points to John Mara, because that's really where this starts. It starts from the top. It's not just, like... You know, we can laugh about Joe Judge and everything and all that, but like it starts with John Mara, who has not had a realistic assessment of his team in forever. And I know the Giants have had a lot of misfortune in terms of injuries and COVID stuff too. But, but even if they have all their players, they, yeah, they've invited a lot of not like injuries and stuff, but like they drafted Saquon. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they, you know, went down this path. Oh, by the way, just he's, he's just cooked, man. Like so done. Did they pick up his fifth year option? Yes. 
oh my gosh, that's just, <laughs> it's a disaster. It's a nightmare. Like maybe he gets healthy in the off season. No, well, but, okay. Yeah, so so Ed Valentine, um, who does you know a, a fantastic job running BigBlueView.com. Uh, well, you know what? Let's. I, I have something to read from Ed, but let's hear from him. He did offer his thoughts on what happened last week for the New York Giants. The embarrassment continued on Sunday for the New York Giants in a 34-10 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, the Giants' fourth consecutive loss and one that saw their record plummet to 4-11. Two more losses for the Giants in their remaining two games, which are against the Chicago Bears and the Washington football team, would tie the Giants with the most losses in franchise history at 13 Giants went 3-13 under Ben McAdoo in 2017, a year in which both McAdoo and Jerry Reese got fired before the season ended. Sunday's game marked the beginning and maybe the end of the Jake Fromm era as QB1 for the Giants, making his first NFL start the 2020 fifth-round pick by the Buffalo Bills, a guy who's only been with the Giants for Roughly about three weeks, went 6 of 17, threw an interception, had a grand total of 25 yards passing, and was replaced by backup Mike Glennon in the middle of the third quarter. Glennon, of course, had started the previous three games and was so uninspiring in those games that the Giants had turned the uh, the quarterback job over to uh, to Jake Fromm. What the Giants will do for the last two games, I have no idea. Seemed like Joe Judge didn't know what they would do on Sunday night either. He said he'd look at both guys, see how they practiced. And and the reality of it is neither one of those guys is very good. So so the, uh, the Giants, with Daniel Jones on injured reserve for the rest of the year, don't have, uh, don't have much in the way of choices at quarterback. Giants have now scored uh, only 46 points. In their last four games, only 69 points total in their last six, averages of of 11.5 points per game. In the four games since Daniel Jones has, has, uh, has been sidelined by his neck injury, the Giants have managed just three touchdowns, one in garbage time on Sunday against Philadelphia, Two a couple of weeks ago in garbage time in a lopsided loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. So it's been five weeks now since the New York Giants offense has found the end zone at a meaningful time in a football game. That is an embarrassing, ridiculous fact, but it is where the New York Giants are at the current time. They are completely broken on offense so uh, that has to be a focus for the Giants this offseason, whether Joe Judge is back, whether Daniel Jones is back. But fixing this broken offense has got to be priority one for the Giants when it comes time to, uh, to reconstruct this roster. As it stands right now, the Giants have the fifth and eighth overall picks in the draft. Fifth pick is their own. The number eight overall pick belongs to the Chicago Bears, who the Giants play this week. Giants acquired that pick, of course, by trading down from number 11 to number 20, allowing the Bears to select Justin Fields. The Giants took Kadarius Toney in, in, that, uh, in that scenario. We'll see what the Giants do with those two picks coming up this spring, but we'll have plenty of time to, uh, to discuss that, analyze that, talk about that. Anyway, the misery continued for the Giants on Sunday, and the only good thing at this point is that there are only two games left to play, so only two more times that uh, that we have to uh, to watch the Giants play bad football this season. Big thanks to Ed Valentine. Check out BigBlueView.com. Follow them on Twitter at BigBlueView for all your New York Giants-related content. Uh, he wrote something, Brandon, in his Things I Think post. Always a great read uh, that he yep. does just to kind of see how, you know, Ed's a really honest guy, great writer, tells you, you know, tells you how it is. Um, and at the bottom, he always does kind of like a random, you know, grab bag of, of little things. Uh, and among them, so like this didn't even make the like bullet points, you know, like the big things that Ed needed to touch on from the loss. Uh, the second one says, what does it say that Saquon Barkley had 15 carries for 32 yards and it's not really or and it's really not worth talking about. By the way, 
was anyone else disturbed again to watch Barkley getting run down by the first defender in the open field? 15 carries, 32 yards. I mean, he like, I, I don't even, I, I can't even contextualize how bad he is anymore. Like I had a tweet earlier in the season about how Tony Pollard was like better than him that, you know, with some numbers and stuff, but like, you can't like, who's, who was the worst? Like I, I would take in that game, I would take Miles Sanders. I would take Jordan Howard. <laughs> I would take, you know, Devonte Booker uh, over, Sa- uh, over Saquon. Like Saquon's awful. He's awful. I think, you know, it didn't have to be this way in terms of if the Giants had a smart GM, they like they had a path. They could have, and I think it starts with that Saquon. Like it starts, the, well, it starts with not holding on to Eli Manning for too long. But even if that happens with Saquon, if you trade down in that spot, which you could have, because we know the Jets traded up for Darnold, um, you could have traded back. You could have gotten some picks. You could have not taken a running back. You could have taken, um, who was in that, like, Quentin Nelson, they could have taken him. Their offensive line stinks. They could have gotten a really good offensive lineman. They could have gotten a stud there. They could have done things like to not be in this spot. And then obviously they wasted a bunch of money this offseason and like on the Kenny Galladay contract and he hasn't been any good. And uh, Dory Jackson's been like fine, but he's been unavailable at times. And also you're like, you're paying him like elite corner money and he's probably not quite that. Uh, so like this was, this is a lot of front office stuff too, which again, I think ultimately goes back to the Mara and Tish too, because they have that weird owner co-ownership thing, right? Oh, dude. Um, and they have that weird co-owner pretentious, like, you know, we're better. We're NFL blue blood, like blah, blah. Like the, the, their familial relations to the Steelers, not that the Steelers are great this year, but like that really, I think is what like keeps them like, you know how like, I don't know, like if, if you have like a cousin or something you're close with, you're like, you know, we're the same, you know, like, I, like, I don't know if you have a cousin who you, who you like grew up, you know, kind of in the I same age as. He was born 11 days after me. So my, co- Kevin Bray. my cousin Jeremy is a year younger than me. So like, you know, we've always kind of been into the same things and have been very close like that. It happens right when you have family. And so you kind of like you're like, oh, you got that. I got that. Like, you know, we're, we're on the same like, you know, trajectory in life, whatever. I really believe that the Giants feel that way about the Steelers. Right. Like they're like, oh, we're the same. Like we're family. You know, like we're we're doing the exact same thing, you know, which is hilarious to me. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, Brandon, but did you read the big ESPN piece on the giants and jets dysfunction over the last 10 years it was awesome no i mean it it was it was incredible uh but it they kind of isolated why these teams have been so bad for the last decade into different sections i'll send this to you if you want to read it later whatever uh one of them oh sorry i was gonna say one of them was poor quarterback play and my favorite part about this was the part about the giants it starts off it says but it started going sideways in 2013 with a 27 interception season and the deteriorating of an offensive line that still hasn't been fixed, blah, blah. It goes on to talk about how Ben McAdoo actually obviously wanted to bench Eli Manning and ultimately did. Um, and it's, I think he got fired because of it. <laughs> right. Um, it said, and, and then like, it even still, it says, it wasn't necessarily the wrong thinking, just executed poorly. Why was it executed poorly? Because Eli was sad? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's so dumb to me. Uh, but this part, the fans revolted. And former players threatened to show up on the sideline in number 10 jerseys at the next home game, forcing the Giants to backtrack after Manning sat one game. Mara scapegoated McAdoo and Reese, and Manning was reinserted as the starter. What a loser organization. I think this is one of the, I've always said, like, the worst place to be isn't always necessarily rock bottom. Like obviously the Giants have been there for a while, but but part of the problem is they started from a point where they they won these Super Bowls and because they did that, they now think they know everything. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, well, this we're just having some bad luck. It's it's, it's not actually that we they, like they need to admit they have a problem. They and they won't and they don't. Um and I think kind of getting back to all the Jets and the Giants of it all, bad quarterbacks, yeah, but again, at the highest level, like poor ownership from both of those teams, which, you know, is a really big problem. And I think with the Giants, I think Ed has done a good job of touching on this. With the co-ownership uh, dynamic specifically can be, I think, problematic from a standpoint of, I think there's conflicting visions here. I think, and I think it might have been like the the Maras who really wanted to hold on to Eli Manning, where, I don't know if I'm getting this right. I think it's like this. And then the Tishes, like they wanted to look, you know, more forward and move things ahead. So they tried to like do both at once because they wanted to, you know, but you can't do that. Like you have to, you have to have one vision and execute that. You can't be trying to do multiple things at the same time. So it's just a mess. A lot of, 
a lot of teams and like like Bruce Arians did this, which was so lame. But like a lot of teams are like, well, you know, we wanted Patrick Mahomes. You know, like you know what I mean. Like a lot of teams have, have done that in the last few years. But there was legit like if you like remember mock drafts from 2017, there was a lot of thought that the Giants could draft Patrick Mahomes. Instead, they doubled down, or I don't even know if it's doubling down. They like quadrupled down on Eli Manning. It's just, I mean, it's they will always be this way. They they will always be this way. The most interesting thing about them right now is that they have the Chicago Bears first round draft pick next year and that they're playing one another this week. That's the most interesting thing going on with the Giants. It's pathetic. It's sad. It's dude, I mean, I I don't want to like, you know, make fun of this or anything, but right now they are starting Jalen Smith. Like that's that's the like quality of evaluation happening here with the Giants. It's, you know, I, like what 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 can you say at this point? I think uh, you have to hope that they crush it. They, they promote Abrams. Well, I, no, ideally they don't do that. The, ideally the, they look outside the, to- the organization. The, the the like the fallout here, by the way, and you know this. Ab- Abrams is general manager. Woo, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. He's been being groomed. Blah, blah blah. Next year they're awful again. He fires Joe Judge, and the conversation is, well, now Abrams can get his guy. You know, like like, like Joe, Joe Judge was never Abrams's guy, so now he gets to get his guy. Now the rebuild truly begins. It's just, it's silly. And it's Eli Manning. The hire Eli Manning to be their head coach. Oh, dude. I mean, man, I, I I'm, I just like, it's. I, I don't know. Did, did I tell you last week, time time stands still, did I tell you that there was a Giants fan that was uh, bagging on Trayvon Diggs' interceptions on Twitter? Probably. I think so. Yeah. There was a tweet going around um, last week. This Giants fan was like mocking Trayvon Diggs having 10 interceptions and noting the quarterbacks he's picked off. Like, yeah, what a loser. Only at the time having 10 interceptions. Um, BLG. I, I, I did tell you this because I told you Trayvon Diggs had caught more passes in the end zone in MetLife Stadium than Kenny Galladay um, this season. Well, now Terrence Steele and Lane Johnson, Lane Johnson each have more receiving touchdowns this season than Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney combined. What is the nicest thing you can say about the Giants for all of our Giants fan listeners? Um, I really like the shade of blue that their helmet is like i think their I, their hel- I think their helmet looks really good um in certain lighting i i really like it but i wish it I, said giants instead of ny i think they've been doing that a little bit more recently not always but i think they've done it yeah and they're also their that that look with the the blue helmet and the giants logo and then the all white is pretty good um even their i don't think their um so their i feel like their outfit on sunday is decent like the red socks i don't know yeah the colors are they're decent they're decent colors so so at least there's that. Um, all right, call it. Uh, Cowboys Cardinals. Who wins? I'm gonna say the Cowboys win because the Cardinals stink. And also, I was saying this: the stats on the podcast. There's a decent chance the Cardinals could go into the playoffs with a five game losing streak. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like I, I think they'll win against Seattle, but that is but very they likely. might not. And well, even if they do, one and four. Like, okay, great. Yeah, that is very like, dude. They made like they did clinch a playoff berth riding a three game losing streak. That did happen. Um, but that could be very likely will be Russell Wilson's or Pete Carroll's or both of their last game with the Seahawks. So maybe there is some like juice that that kind of carries that for them. We'll see. Yeah. By the way, it it would be the most New York Giants thing ever to trade for Russell Wilson. Like at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like, like to, to be like, this is when we got Russ, whatever. Um, so, okay. We both think Cowboys win. We both think mm-hmm. the Eagles beat Washington Giants but, bears, but you oh. don't think they clinch. You don't think the Eagles clinch. No. Cause I'm picking Minnesota, yeah. which is, a I think the Eagles clinch. Okay. So you're, you think then Philly, San Francisco and or Carolina um, and Minnesota. So you, you need yes. at least those three. Okay. The parlay. Uh, yep. Uh, New York, Chicago, it is never a good thing when you have somebody else's first round pick and you ha- and it's a top 10 pick and you have a higher pick than them. You know, like that's so, that's where the Giants are at here. Who are we rooting for in terms of making that like those? So are we rooting for the Giants? I mean, so as it stands right now, the Giants own pick is five overall. And Chicago yeah, is, is eight overall that they own. Like I'm saying, they they own by trade a top 10 pick and theirs is better which is again just a disaster um but so um i guess we're rooting for the bears i mean they're gonna own both picks i mean but you don't you i think you want the highest of their two picks to be as low as possible right um, like outside the top five if you can have that 
I guess. Um, I don't. I really don't think it makes a difference. I mean, where the Bears starting at quarterback? By the way, is it Foles I, again? I really don't know. I think a better way to look at this is they're week eighteen games. So the Giants have Washington. So we think they'll lose that game, right? I mean, who am I kidding? The Giants aren't winning this. Like they can't. They yeah. from and they don't. This like. Oh like, well. I, so Ch- Chicago has Minnesota next week. So that's another loss. Kirk Cousins, baby. Gotcha. Um, well, so. So maybe we want the Bears to win, I guess. Hurt it as much as possible, right? So go Bears. The Giants are – I think the Jaguars, they might be able to beat the Jaguars. I think the Jags are pretty bad. But they might be the worst team in the NFL in their current iteration. Like with Daniel Jones, they're at least like – they're they're merely pretty bad as opposed to like the worst team. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, go Bears. Fine. Uh, since since my dog bear didn't bark at all this whole time that we were on, uh, cool. Anything else before we leave? Uh, yeah. So I think the Rams could be the other. That's the other team I was kind of thinking about in terms of uh, teams the Eagles would most want to play in the first round. And good friend of the show, well, not this show necessarily, but good friend of mine, um, Shil Kapadia points out that uh, on Sunday Matthew Stafford was at five point three yards per attempt and three interceptions. And two or three more that could have easily been picked. And Stafford has had five below league average performances in terms of EPA per play in his last seven games. So I think the Rams could be a little bit of a fraud in the playoffs, especially with coward Sean McVay, a head coach. Uh, I agree on the Sean McVay thing. I um, I have told BLG this, and I know he cares a lot. I have made the championship in my fantasy league of record. And I have been riding the Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup connection all year long. So against the Ravens, which Joe Burrow just lit up, let's just be good this week. You know what I mean? I really don't care beyond this, but like, you know, let's get, let's take this home. You know what I mean? Let's, we're in this together. I have Dallas Goddard too, so maybe we can get him a ring of some kind. You know? All right. VLG, <laughs> the last 6,000 words belong to you. Make him good. The Eagles are going to clinch this weekend, and that's all that matters. Cowboys, NFC's champions. Baby!